Okay, hello everyone and welcome to uh, Culture Bucket, the university's greatest podcast, where two good, great best friends talk all things popular culture um, every single week, just about. And this is the 108th episode, meaning we have 12, only 12 episodes now until episode 120, which is exciting. Um, I am your host, George, and I'm here to talk to you today about all the things that I've been doing. And I'm also going to talk to those talk about those things with my co-host, who's Alex, who's also here. Hello. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, George? Hi. Good today, thank you. Uh, I had a big sleep on Friday after a very busy week. Um, so I feel quite refreshed today. Good. Today being a Sunday. I had a big sleep yesterday, I think, as well. Although the rain woke me up. I'm in Manchester. It rains a lot. Um... We had a very, 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 very hot week. I, st- I stopped wearing a jumper at work, which I haven't done in about three years because it was that hot. <laughs> um, uh, so I think uh, last night the it broke and it just poured down at about 2am and my bedroom window was open. That was good. Um, oh. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Yes. The rain has finally stopped in Italy. I don't know if you've seen the floods that I have affected sorry, my region. And oh, uh, yeah. It's been pretty bad, but it hasn't rained for a couple of days, so that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, we've swapped countries. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Last week there was no rain here. It was horrible. Crazy. Um, so, before we go any further, I'd like to remind people to please go and rate us and review us on every place you can. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you can do it in app, etc. Um, it'd be really lovely to get some reviews and ratings in, and I'd like to read those out. Uh, and you can get in touch with us as well to tell us what you've been doing and what you've been watching, anything you'd like us to talk about. The, the, the links to do that and find our email address and find our contact details and go and rate and review us. And also buy us a coffee if you'd like to are in the show notes. For this and every episode, you'll find a link to, there to our link tree with all the pertinent links there. Um, so please do go and check that out as well. Um, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful indeed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And anything else? Any other housekeeping to discuss? I don't think so. No. No, cool. Um, so today's a classic culture catch-up episode. Yes. Uh, we've got stuff to talk about that we've been doing over the past week or so. I don't have much... But well, that's fine. Yeah, I've 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 got I I've got a little bit. Good. I have mm. I've rewatched all of the Mission Impossible movies over the past couple of weeks. But yeah, I not... saw your letterbox. I was like, "What is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you new... watching?" Well, a because <laughs> they're the they're the pinnacle of action cinema, and B okay. because the new one is out like in a month, uh, less than a month maybe. Oh, mm. do you think or I should watch them? Because I think I've only watched the first two. You should you watch them. Watch the rest? You should watch them, and we should do a top five Mission Impossible movies. Okay. I know you don't like Tom Cruise, but they are. If you're going to engage with any of his work, and also like the stunt work on those movies, like the the level of talent going on behind the camera is crazy. I think you should watch them, and we could talk about them. How um, many are there? 
the six, the seventh oh, one is coming out. But that gives us enough to do a top five. I don't know if they can watch six in a month. Do you think that's possible? I watched, I watched those six in a week. <laughs> I mean, I watched six in, a, in about a week and a half, so... Oh, my God. Hey, it's your yeah. call, but uh, it'd, be, it'd be cool to talk about them. But I can't... I won't really talk about them here because there's not much to say other than that they're still brilliant. Uh, yeah. Except for the second one, which is just fine. Um... They get mm. better as they go along, and usually for a franchise, right? Like, the first one is incredible. I thought the, the first was, was really weaker. good. Yeah, the first one is amazing. The, the second one, one was okay. is a bit weak. The third one is a mixed bag. And then the fourth one onwards, they just keep getting better and better okay. and better. It's but kind it, of it, wild. It, are they better because of the the action, or is the plot also good and dialogue? Is it just because it's an a- action-packed stuff? Or? No, not at all. Like, for example, the fourth one, I think the fourth one is the first one where, like, they realise that it's more entertaining for him to almost fail. Like, the second movie, Tom Cruise is basically a superhero. He's okay. he's crashing motorcycles into other people. He's he, There's a bit where he kicks a... <laughs> yeah. he kicks a there's a gun lying in some sand, and he kicks mm. it in such a way that it flies literally the, exactly vertically up into the air and he catches it and shoots like he's just acting as if he's Neo in the Matrix in that movie but in the fourth movie like for various plot reasons he's kind of been outcast from his uh, team he's kind of out there on his own with just a couple of crew members uh, and he doesn't have all the resources he normally has Mm. and things keep breaking and just barely working and he just keeps on almost like in the third movie he has to jump from one roof to another using this huge thing and he just does it perfectly and he does a little flip in the fourth movie there's a bit where he has to like swing into the into a hotel room through the window and instead of perfectly landing he's the top half of his body smacks into the top of the hotel window and he spins around and he almost falls out and it's just it's it's almost turns the action into a bit of physical comedy like in a Jackie Chan okay. movie and it's more tense and exciting and interesting mm-hmm. then the plots go back to focusing a bit more on the espionage spy side of things and the mm. dialogue is funny the characters are good no it's not just the action the action's incredible but it works because you care about the characters and okay. it works because they're not just super people they 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 do struggle and they almost fail and then it makes it all the more sweet when they when they succeed i think they're good movies Good. Yeah, Simon Pegg's in all of them, which is weird. After yeah, the I was going to ask that. Like, yeah. how did Simon Pegg get into that? He's all over them. He's he he. When Hot Fuzz, no, when Shaun of the Dead came out and it got really big, and he was doing interviews, and people were like, "What are you going to do next?" And he he jokingly said, "I'm not well. I mean, I'll 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 you know do whatever comes my way, but I don't think I'm going to go off and you know suddenly do Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise or anything." Boom. A couple of years later. He's doing Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. And he's gone from being like a small role in the third one to mm. like one of the lead roles alongside Tom Cruise in like the fourth, fifth and sixth okay. ones. And he's good. And he did, he did an interview recently where he said his friendship with Tom Cruise is very simple and they don't talk about the thing. And that seems like what you'd have to do, I think, if you were going to... Ah, what what his religious beliefs? His, his absolute madness, yeah. Ah, okay. His absolute unsanctioned lunacy. But, you know... <laughs> That's and the fact, I've 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 heard that he sends like a coconut cake to all his friends every Christmas. He, who Tom Cruise? Yeah, because yeah, he's desperate to he's desperate for people to think he's a normal man. So he'll be like, I'm a I'm a guy. I'm a standard average guy. Here's a coconut cake. Yeah, I'm, this is the kind of thing a normal person does. He doesn't know, does he? <laughs> he doesn't know what a normal person does. So he thinks that no. it's sending coconut cakes. He's it, he's bonkers. It, bonkers. Yeah. Some people think I'm bonkers. 
that's all that about song him. was so good <laughs> Dizzy hey. so hey. like I said other than that I've not got a lot to talk about this is culture catch up time this is where we talk about what we've watched what we've read what we've listened to and probably some other stuff what to talk about first Thelma and Louise I saw that you watched it. Yeah, I watched it in a cinema. For the first time. Yeah, in a cinema. Yes. Why? Because it's been recently uh, remastered in 4K uh, with a new picture quality, etc. Wow. Uh, And for whatever reason, it's a movie I'd never seen. It just, even though it's got a lot of like cultural capital as a film, I've just, it's just never sort of placed itself in front of me. But, you know, it's it's a movie with Ridley Scott behind the director's chair, which Mm -hmm. is obviously, uh, he's one of the greatest living directors. He's also in sometimes one of the worst living directors, but uh, <laughs> not in this instance. Um, and then cast wise, it's just crazy. You got Susan Sarandon, who's yeah. perfect. Gina Davis, who's perfect, perfect. Um, and then a cast of men. And I read a really interesting, uh, not criticism of the movie, but like comments on the movie, and that like mm. a lot of the men are exist exist in the same characterization as women do in a lot of other movies in that like Thelma and Louise are real people mm. and they have motivations and characters and they're, you know, they're interesting. And a lot of the men are just like caricatures almost or, or cardboard mm. cutouts of real people. Yeah. Um, in, in a way that is women are normally treated like that in movies. I mm. think it's quite an interesting like flip on it. So you've got Harvey Keitel as the like angelic detective who's who's convinced <laughs> of the innocence of these two women. Yeah. Even though we know as the audience, they're not really... I mean, what they did, it was... Uh, you can defend what they did, but as the yeah. movie goes on, they increasingly uh, lose their minds, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Michael Madsen as um, Jimmy, who's like uh, Louise's on and off on again off again partner it would seem mm. who's a bit he's, he, he exists on slightly the wrong side of the law Christopher, Christopher McDonald who I didn't recognise while I was watching the movie but he's the, he's the guy that's in like Happy Gilmore and um, he's in a bunch of he's the, he plays the bad guy in Flubber which um, <laughs> takes me back um, <laughs> he plays um, Thelma's husband Daryl mm. who is extraordinarily funny in this movie Mm. like and it's a really interesting thing the basic plot of Thelma Louise if people don't know is that these two women Thelma who's um, a sort of housewife put upon housewife who doesn't have much Mm. agency of her own in her own life and Louise who's more independent uh, works as a waitress they go off for the weekend stay in someone's cabin Um, everything falls apart when they decide to stop in uh, (laughs) at a sort of country line dancing bar and they meet Harlan who uh, proceeds to uh, attempt to take Thelma into the car park and um, sexually assault her, mm. uh, resulting in his death. Deserved death. He's a piece yeah. of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the, the rest of the film is them on the run, sort of trying to work out what to do and not really knowing what to do and just sort of realising that crime comes easier to them than they expected, but maybe escaping crime doesn't. Um mm. So yeah, so Daryl is uh like it's interesting that Felma's not escaping from an abusive husband in terms of like physical abuse or anything like that, but yeah. she's escaping from a husband who just is infantilized by her support and mm. she has no ability to live her own life as a result because she just no. has to look after this big baby man. Uh, there's a very funny <laughs> bit at the start yeah. where he falls over, he trips on a bunch of planks and falls over. Yeah. Uh apparently that just happened. That just happened and then <laughs> 
they've kept in the movie, which is great. Um, you've also got Stephen Tobolowski, who most people know as Ned mm-hmm. Ryerson from Groundhog Day. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, as an FBI agent, he's really good in this. And then, of course, Bradley Pitts. Yeah. As a, very as a, young, as a little, very sexy. Yeah, Bradley hunky Pitt. guy. Cast personally by Gina Davis, supposedly, who saw him. <laughs> I and wonder was like, why. Put him in my movie. There's a great <laughs> bit where she literally pants like a dog when she sees him. Um, he's very attractive though he's very attractive Uh, and there's another very good bit where he um, just tells Daryl that he slept with his wife and um, it's very funny stuff yeah it's good stuff yeah Um, so yeah yeah, that was like one of his first movies wasn't it yeah pretty much it's like yeah yeah, he's very young in this film Um, so that's the movie they're they're on the run for the whole movie it's got a very I won't spoil it here because you know, what if you haven't seen it? It's worth not knowing about, but it's got a very iconic ending, which yeah. is... Um, I knew that. I knew about the ending before I watched the movie. And but I it's kind quite of, gripping, even if yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, no, it really is. Um, but I expected the movie to be an, like an, uh, kind of uh, an action road trip drama film, mm. which it is, but I didn't realise it was also a comedy. Like, this movie's hilarious. Mm. Um, like, uh, yeah, Susan Sound and Gene Davis are really funny all the way through, and every time it cuts back to uh, Thelma's husband, Daryl, with the police, and they're doing a sting operation or something else to try and find them, it's hilarious, because they're just bumbling idiots. <laughs> Puppets, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I I was expecting to like it, but I really, really liked it. It's it's um, it's like a masterpiece of a movie. Mm. And I was looking it up, like, it, it, it really unfortunately came out in the same year as Science of the Lambs, so it won, like, basically... No, I think it won an Oscar for script writing, and that's it. Mm. Um, because Science of the Lambs just swept everything else up that year, and I, you know, I love that movie. Yeah. So that's deserved, but it's it's a pity some years like there'll be no masterpieces that come out, and a, a load of nonsense will get all <laughs> awards and Oscars and stuff. And then some years you get a movie like Thelma and Louise that deserves all mm. the accolades that can that can exist, and it sort of uh, gets slightly overlooked. But you know, it's been remembered for a long time since. Oh, and Hans Zimmer does the score. Hans Zimmer today you know, premiere soundtrack composer. Yeah. Worked, did Dune a couple of years ago, a lot of work, Christopher Nolan. He's, he, this must be one of his earliest, um, earliest pieces of work and kills it. Apparently, I think the movie's got this really extended opening credit sequence because Ridley Scott just loved the music that Hans Zimmer was making so much mm-hmm. that he like put in this like long, uh, opening credits to introduce people into the movie. And yeah, it's great. So, um, pretty, Awesome stuff. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Liked Thelma and Louise. I assume you like it as well. Yeah, I love that film. Yes, I watched it a long time ago. Yeah, a few good. times. Yeah. Good, good, good. good. Film. Um, next, uh, I'll talk about TV show. Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. I've only watched two episodes of this so far, but um, I've really enjoyed it, so I want to point people towards it. It's the, it's the new... Um, it's not a whodunit. It's like a why done it. Oh. Uh, it stars ah. uh, poker. F- it's, it's called Poker Face. It stars <laughs> Russian ah, yeah. dolls Natasha Leone, mm. uh, and it's all written and directed by uh, the master. Not why is Ryan Gosling in my head? Not Ryan Gosling. <laughs> That's his stupid name. He made <laughs> Knives Out and Glass Onion. What's he called? He made The Last Jedi. 
What's his name? <laughs> Go on the internet and check. I, You know me and names. I'm not very good with them. Uh, Ryan Johnson. Yes. Ryan Johnson. All written down to by Ryan Johnson. Uh, and uh, yeah, Natasha Leon plays a character. She's called Charlie, I believe, who um, has a special skill that doesn't exist, uh, <laughs> whereby she can always tell if someone's lying. She's a human lie detector. Wow. and. For the purposes of the TV show, we we just have to buy into the fact that she is never wrong. She can't be fooled. She knows if someone is lying. That is, we have to take that at face value. Oh, Uh, she should have uh, been in Parliament. Yeah. Episode one opened, (laughs) well, you know, you you can tell if somebody in Parliament's lying by if their mouth is moving. (laughs) Um, So there's no need for her there. Um, Yeah. So, Natasha Leon. Uh, plays Charlie. Episode one opens with her working uh, as a sort of waitress in a hotel casino in Vegas. We find out over the course of the episode she works there basically because obviously if you can tell whenever someone is lying, you're going to be pretty good at playing poker. Uh, yeah. And she got on the poker scene. The owner of this casino discovered what she could do and to kind of convince her to not bankrupt him and other casinos, he gave her a sort of permanent job that she didn't have to work hard at and got paid a lot of money for kind of thing. Okay. So she's kind of been looked after almost in this casino, but that owner of the casino has now retired. The new owner is Adrian Brody, um, oh. his son. And over the course of the first episode, basically, we, we it opens with us seeing one of Charlie's friends um, played by... I'm not going to be able to find... Oh, yeah, played by Dasha Polanco, who um, was in Orange is the New Black. She's, she's a really good actress. Okay. Um, she gets murdered in the first episode uh, by... You see who kills her, basically. She gets killed by um, one of Adrian Brody's goons. And uh, the rest of the episode is her sort of... Is, is Natasha Leone investigating and trying to work out why. It ends with her mm. having to burn all her bridges in the casino and escape and run away. And then each subsequent episode, I think, is her turning up in a new small town or a new little location on the run. A murder happens. You see the murder. And then you watch her... The joy is in watching her Columbo her way through discovering who did it and why. Uh, and oh. it's really entertaining. So the second episode opens with, like... Um, a subway worker in this little tiny like rest stop of a town on the middle of the highway uh, wins the lottery on a scratch card next to a guy who just kills him to take the scratch card and then Natasha Leone turns up and you see her sort of go through and solve the crime and there's no mystery to it so much because you know what's happened but it's entertaining it's like fun just to watch the cogs wear as, as she goes through and works it all out and stuff like that um, it's really good the first two episodes are really enjoyable I'm going to mm. watch more of it soon I hope um, I've been watching a lot of Succession this week because people. Oh, I need to watch that. Is it good? It's really, really good. It's okay. There's, there's, I'm only. I've, I've watched the first. I watched the first season like a while ago, uh, and I didn't kind of keep up with it. And it recently mm. finished, and people were going bonkers. Mental, over it. yeah. Yeah, and there's only four seasons, so it's not a big commitment. Mm. Um, so I've kind of. I'm about halfway through season one of that. So there's no point in me talking about it today. But that's why I've kind of only got through two episodes of Poker Face. Um, but yeah, you should check out Succession and maybe you could. Um, it's pretty. Where can it, you find Poker Face? Poker Face and Succession in the UK are both on now, uh, which is where ah. Sky and HBO programming ends up. So wherever. Ah, so be Sky in Italy. Yeah, wherever you yeah. access that kind of thing, uh, you'll okay. find both of those shows there, and they are both good and worth watching. Um, okay. Yeah. Now for a couple of big piles of shit. So. <laughs> First. Yeah, I saw your letterbox. I was like, I'm looking forward to talking about at least one of the films that yeah. you Well, first have of all, seen the less film. interesting one to discuss we'll go with first. Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. Mm. This I've is never the... watched a Transformer film. Don't 
Why no. would you? There's no reason to. Uh, I None grew up, of them? None of them. Uh, no, okay. actually, no, that's not true. You actually should watch, because it's great, Bumblebee, which is an 80s set spin-off that only really has one Transformer in it, Bumblebee, okay. and follows uh, Bumblebee as he forms a friendship uh, with uh, a teenage girl played by Hayley Steinfeld, who yeah. we know now as uh, the female Hawkeye and Gwen Stacy, and she's the best. That movie's amazing, really, really good. It's a, it's an outlier. The rest of the Transformers movies uh, are terrible. This is the first. This is the first movie that's called Transformers, not directed by Michael Bay. Michael Bay didn't do Bumblebee, but it, that, that's like a spinoff. This is directed by the guy who did uh, Creed Two, which is um, you know, it's interesting actually because the, the the Transformers movies that Michael Bay made um, are terrible. Mm. They're really bad, but. That fascinating to watch. I've watched all of them at least twice, I think, mm. because they are bizarre. They 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 will have the strangest things in them. They'll have like weird, like racist caricatures of Spanish ro- but 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 robots who are like weird Spanish caricatures that are like bordering on racist. And this is a okay. this is a two three hundred million dollar movie that a studio has agreed to finance and they've said yeah that's fine put that in it one of them one of the later movies has got mark Wahlberg playing an inventor which is already stretching <laughs> belief but he has a teenage daughter in the movie yeah and uh, jack rayner who's this really good irish actor plays her boyfriend and he is older than the daughter and when mark Wahlberg challenges this jack rayner on this he has a laminated little He's printed out the legal age of consent and the rules around it in the state they live in, and he's laminated it to show to Mark Wahlberg as evidence for why it's okay for him to date his that's daughter. So, oh, that's creepy. But it's why is this in a why is it in a three hundred million dollar summer blockbuster? Like the movies are not oh. good, but they're weird, and they're entertaining in how just strange they are. Because Michael Bay's mind is strange. It's not right. Creed. One mm-hmm. is an incredible movie made by an mm. incredible director, Ryan Coogler. It's got one-shot fights in it that are stunning. It's got all these things that are stunning. Creed 2, you take away the auteur, you put in a workman called Stephen Capel Jr., and Creed 2 is a work workable, perfectly fine sequel to mm. Creed. Mm, Transformers Rise of the Beast removes the auteur Michael Bay who is an auteur, whether you like it or not, like he is a unique voice in cinema, and he replaces him with the workman, Stephen Capel Jr., who is supposedly, he's about the same age as me, and he's a, he was a, he's a Transformers fan growing up. Okay. Uh, and you end up with a, a Transformers movie that has all of the problems of the Michael Bay movies in terms of the action being kind of a nonsense because you're just watching these big CGI robots smash into each other and it has no mm. sense of place or weight or anything. But it's, because because the person behind the camera isn't interesting, the movie has nothing of any interest in it. It's got no strangeness to it, no weirdness to it, no quirkiness to it. And as a result, it really is a movie where children's toys punch each other with nothing else. And it is mm. bizarrely boring and bad. Uh, I did not have a good time with it. The It's got... It's got one thing going for it, which is that Optimus Prime in this movie finally is sort of designed to look like how he looked in the original toy line and cartoons that I grew up loving, whereas the Optimus Prime in the Michael Bay movies looks like just nothing. Um, It's got a... So Optimus Prime is a big robot that turns into a truck. 
Optimus mm. Primal is a big gorilla that turns into a robot. Oh my god. Why would you have a, a gorilla is basically a human being shaped thing. Yeah. He just transforms into a into a slightly more human being shaped thing when he turns into a robot in this movie, okay. which happens for about a second. Like this movie's got loads of transformers and they don't transform. Anyway, the bad guy is Unicron. Unicron is as big as a planet, but he can transform into a robot that's, you know, huge. Uh, but he doesn't do it in this movie, but he did it in the cartoon. Um, he's going to turn up and eat Earth. They have to stop it from happening. It's set in 1994 for no reason other than they wanted to put Wu-Tang Clan on the soundtrack. And, oh, okay. that, and Beastie Boys and other things. And that's fine. Well, love... Could you not put it on now in no, 2023? No, it wouldn't make any sense. This, it's well, got, how it's, could it not make any sense? You it, can put any music It's whenever. literally got a scene at the start of the movie where uh, a young boy, the, the, the brother of the main character, is, the main character is uh, Noah, played by Anthony Ramos. Uh, this young boy walks into the room. He's wearing a Power Rangers T-shirt. He's holding a Game Boy, and he slams the Game Boy down on the counter and says, I just can't beat Bowser. And that is the most... Uh, <laughs> 90s moment in the movie the rest of it could take place today it's bizarre in fact it feels like it, it doesn't feel like it's set in the 90s i swear all the time people have got technology and that it, it, it wouldn't have existed in 1984 so dull so boring such a disappointment can't believe mm. that they did it why did they bother and the biggest crime of all is at the very end of the movie in their attempt to do like a marvel style nick fury turning up and be like we've got the avengers da, 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 da. <laughs> they have a guy turn up and basically be like hey look we're going to recruit you for this secret organization we work for come and come and work for us please and anthony ramos is like no absolutely not and i don't know anything about any big robots leave me alone and then it reveals i'm going to spoil this skip 20 seconds ahead if you care about being spoiled on this the guy works for gi joe Ah. So they're going to do a G.I. Joe Transformers. Oh, it was like G.I. Joe versus Transformers. I guess. Kind of like, you know, Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh, what was the other one? It was the Alien v versus Predator. Versus Predator. Yeah. Great films. It works. Have you noticed? No Those bad. films work very well. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. None Definitely of them masterpieces. Hmm. <laughs> So oh. it's, uh, yeah. Oh, and um, Michelle Yeoh is in this, voicing a big robot falcon. Recent Oscar winner, Michelle Yeoh. Maybe um, maybe she signed a contract and uh, that's a film she I had mean, to do. Must have, yeah. Pete, Pete Davidson is in this. This is his level, though, to be fair. This is where Pete Davidson belongs. Oh, come on. No. You said he was good in um, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. He is good in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And then he was good in uh, The King of Staten, Staten Island. I don't know how you say that thing. Haven't well, you haven't seen the seen film, that, George, no. so you don't know. Maybe I'll just watch um, that show he's made that's got the same plot as The King of Staten Island. Why does he keep remaking his own life story? Why do we have to have a TV show and a film about his life story? Because it's tragic. Because tragedy sells. Well, it's the same. He did, he did The King of Staten Island, yeah. which is his life story, and now he's done Bup Kiss, which is his life story. The same story, but in a TV show. I don't know. He so was good stupid. in Meet Cute. I liked him in Meet Cute. Sure. Come on, you started liking him for a little bit. Don't, yeah, he don't, was don't good. He was good him. when he crashed his car into that building the other month. And got a, anyway, moving along. <laughs> 
Uh, the final film to talk about today is relevant yeah. to next week's episode because next week we're doing top five Batman movies. Mm-hmm. So I went to the cinema and watched the new Batman movie, The Flash. <laughs> is it a Batman movie? Yeah. Is it? It's... The Flash? Are they not two different superheroes? Yeah, but this movie's got Batman in it almost as much yes. as it's got The Flash in it. Has it? Has it? Yeah. The Batman being, it's got two Batmans, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, yeah? It's got at least two Batmans. Oh, they're always, are they trying to do a Spider-Man No Way Home kind of thing? This movie has got the same plot as Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Barry <laughs> Allen <laughs> is a forensic investigator, uh, works in Central City. He's a member of the Justice League. Movie opens with Barry Allen being called on by Alfred, played by Jeremy Irons, to uh, go and help out at a hospital uh, where some bad people have done something that's affected the hospital and it's going to collapse and Batman is mm. chasing down the bad people. Batman, played by Ben Affleck, in his best Batman costume so far, it's like a blue and grey one, like in the um, sort of the t- traditional comics and, and cartoons. Yeah. Um, Barry Allen, so Batman's off chasing down the goons. Barry Allen has, to, the hospital's collapsing. Uh, a whole side of the hospital falls like that and the top floor goes onto a slant and... For, at the top floor of the hospital is where they keep all of the newborn babies and they all come flying out the window and all these babies are falling to the ground uh, with the nurse uh, who's looking after the babies who's just screaming. She's screaming. She's screaming. She's going, ah, like that for like five minutes, just screaming. A screaming woman is all you can hear. And Barry Allen slows down time. He doesn't slow down time, but he moves so quickly that time slows for us. And... Barry Allen is the Flash, yeah? Barry Allen's the Flash, and he rescues all the baby. Okay. We, we learn later that um, the Flash, when he's moving really fast, he can't <laughs> move other people very far because um, they will uh, vomit when they start. Like, if you got suddenly, like, like 500 miles an hour, you got shoved uh, any amount of space, you'd, 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 your internal organs would be smushed up. So it's not as simple as him just, like, running up the side of the building and grabbing all the babies and bringing them back to earth. He has to like, so he puts one of them in a microwave and one of them has got like, there's like a big oxygen tank that's spewing out flame that he has to like put a shield mm. and he lines up, he manages to line all the babies up and catch them and save them. And the, the nurse is, is still screaming. Um, <laughs> but, but the problem is that the special effects in the movie are so bad mm. that it, at no point are you scared about the babies because they look like demons. They look like tiny little weird plastic uh, mm. golems. They don't look like like actual human babies. So it's just this awful, weird scene of 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 just CGI mess. The director's come out over the weekend and said that the some of the scenes are meant to have bad CGI because when he's moving really fast, everything is meant to look a bit stretchy and plastic. That's just what is what is Shut this up. cop out? Come on! Shut up! People complain all That's the time. That's ridiculous. People complain all the time about the Marvel movies having bad CGI, and I've always just been like, some of it's uninventive, but it, I don't. None of it stands out to me as bad. None of it has ever yeah. like taken me out of the movies. If other people think the, the CGI in those movies is bad, that's up to them. That's fine. For me, it's never really been an effect. The CGI in this movie is atrocious. The movie mm. looks terrible all the way through. Um, so Barry Allen, his 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 mum died when he was like ten years old. She got stabbed. 
her dad was his dad was blamed for it so his dad's been in prison the whole time there's a bit of security footage that could exonerate his dad that shows he was at the at the grocery store when the mum got killed but uh oh he had a baseball cap on he was looking down the whole time so he never sees his face big tragedy dad's still trapped in prison Barry, he's so upset about it, he, he does his big flash run and he runs so quickly that he starts to move back through time and he realises, hang on, I could go back in time far enough to blooming save my mum. What if I did oh. that? So he goes all the way back and he saves his mum. He makes sure that she doesn't forget the uh, tomatoes at the grocery store so that dad doesn't have to go back later and he can be there to protect her when whoever okay. turns up to kill her kills her. Who kills her? Who actually did kill her? Who knows? None of us know. We'll never find out. The movie doesn't, oh, it doesn't care. matter. Doesn't matter. Um, okay. So he goes all the way back in time and he saves his mum and then he goes uh, forwards again to where he thinks is like current modern day. But it's not. Oh, he's trying to go forwards, but then a big weird demon appears and pushes him out early. So he's, he's he ends up uh, at the point where he should be eighteen years old, and his mum's alive and he's so happy. And then, uh oh, who does he spy out the window? It's Barry Allen. There's two Barry Allens now. There's the oh. there's the Flash Barry Allen who has. <laughs> we know that that's that that Ezra Miller is the Flash Barry Allen because that Ezra Miller has short cropped hair. And okay. then there's another Flash who's meant to be like ten years younger, eighteen, who looks the same. Except this Barry Allen, they have, or he has. Barry Allen uses he him pronouns, but the actor as yeah. uses they them pronouns. I, I try yeah. to respect that as much as possible. Um. Barry Allen, who's 18, has long, wavy hair okay. and the most irritating laugh <laughs> that anyone's ever had. That's how you differentiate the two Barry Allens. Ah, okay. Yeah. So uh, they're the same person, but they have different laughs. Yeah. And Ezra Miller, ah, to be okay. fair to Ezra Miller, they do manage to... You, I was never confused about which Barry Allen was which Barry Allen, even by the end when they're both wearing their own flash costumes. And, okay. You know, it's a bit... You can still... I, you, the performance kind of comes through. I don't think it's a good performance, but it's at least differentiated the two they are trying to do. Um, Barry Allen quickly <laughs> realises that it's um, General Zod is here from Man of Steel because that's the time that Barry Allen has fallen into uh, and Superman should come and save the day. But uh-oh, where's Superman? He's not here. What are we going to do about it? We'll have to go and find Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne's my friend and Bruce Wayne is Batman and he can help us. And they go to find Bruce Wayne, but it's not Ben Affleck. What the hell is going on? It's an old what? man. Yeah. It's Michael Keaton. Michael, Michael Keaton's Keaton. it. He's got long hair. He's cooking pasta. He explains how time travel works by using spaghetti. And they are like, right, well, okay, you're going to help us. And Michael Keaton's like, absolutely not. I'm not going to explain why. I'm not a character in this movie, but I'm not going to help you. So Barry Allen goes, and he starts trying to work it out. And then Michael Keaton's like, do you know what? I am going to be Batman again. And he puts the costume on. Oh my God. They find where they think Superman is. They get there. It's not Superman. It's Supergirl. Supergirl is going to help them to save the day from General Zod. Thing is, none of this matters, because it's all happening in alternate dimension. It's all wiped out by the movie. Who cares? None of it matters. But the whole movie is spent dealing with all of this. And then we run into the Speed Force. We see a bunch of horrific cameos. I'm telling the whole movie, I don't care. We see these stupid cameos. We see um, George Reeves, who killed himself, is now ghoulishly raised from the dead to look like Superman. We Nicholas Cage for no, Nicholas Cage is brought in to play Superman for a second, what? fighting a big spider. If you know the story, that makes sense. If you don't know the story, it's just weird, stupid nonsense. Adam West is there. Christopher Reeve, yeah. again, ghoulishly raised from the dead to look like Superman for a moment. All of them smashing into each other. A load of big, stupid multiverse nonsense, but done terribly awful bad movie 
movie ends. He's managed to somehow save his dad. He's back where he should be. None of the stuff with Michael Keaton or Supergirl matters, even though they were the only two good performances in the movie. He's so excited to re- reunite with Ben Affleck now because he's saved the day and everything's been solved. And he goes to meet Bruce Wayne. And I'm going to spoil the big cameo in the movie right now. So skip a minute ahead if you if you care about that. Oh, oh can I guess? Go on. Who? Like, give me a give me a hint. Uh, well, he's he thinks he's going to see Ben Affleck because Bruce Wayne's come in, but it's not Ben Affleck. Uh, is is a Batman? Yeah. Yeah. Is one of the Batmans? It's a Batman's. Is it is it an actual performance of the Batman or is it a CGI? No, it's a it's a man, and it's not Batman. It's Bruce Wayne, right? But it's an actor yeah. that we know. That does Bruce Wayne. That we have known to in the past do Bruce Wayne. Uh, it wouldn't be George Clooney, would it? It's George Clooney. Oh my god. It's the sil- <laughs> it's the silver fox himself. Uh, he rocks up at the end of this oh movie and he says, I'm Bruce Wayne. And Barry Allen goes, who the F are you? And then the movie ends. I... <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> uh... So do you think that... So clearly you haven't enjoyed the film. It's you didn't enjoy the rubbish. film. It's so bad. It's so boring and long. And the special but... effects are terrible. Ezra Miller sucks. Yeah, the he, stuff that actually do. is interesting, Michael Keaton, uh, the actress that plays Sasha Cowley plays Cara Zorel, Supergirl. Bring them back, however you can. They're so they're great. They have a small role, but they're really enjoyable, mm. entertaining. They have the exact vibe that you want from a Kryptonian hero. You know, good stuff. Michael Shannon back as General Zod. I love my, you know all of that stuff is great, but it's it's it none of it matters. It's all just it matters as much as the the two seconds you see Nicolas Cage as Superman. It is it's a waste Why of was, everyone's time. Was Nicolas Cage ever Superman? After Tim Burton stopped making Batman movies, he was going to make a movie called Superman Lives, and Nicolas Cage was going to play Superman, ah, and okay. it got cancelled. But there is there is a famous photograph of Nicolas Cage with long hair in the Superman costume, and ah, okay. there's a very famous story that. Kevin Smith once told of a producer who was making that movie called John Peters, who insisted that he uh, didn't want Superman to fly and he wanted, there was something else, and also he wanted Superman to fight a giant spider. It was really important that Superman had a fight with a giant spider. So we see in this movie, Nicolas Cage, all CGI, Nicolas Cage isn't there, I don't think, uh, fighting a big giant spider thing. uh, In homage to that story, that if you don't know it, it's just a bit of the movie that makes no sense at all. That is just nonsense. Feels like um, this movie has angered you, because it's just cynical, bad rubbish. They've they've seen what Spider Man No Way Home did, and they've gone, we're gonna do the same thing, but mm. a, they put in the market like the director, weeks ago was like it was really good working with Nicolas Cage. It was so exciting to work with him. Why are you telling us that? Is it Nicolas Cage is in this movie for seconds, and I swear to God you didn't meet him because it's a, clearly a CGI young mm. shiny face Nicolas Cage. So why have you spoiled that, right? So I don't care about spoiling this movie because they've spoiled it. Michael Keaton being in it, could, you know, that could have been the Andrew Garfield and Tommy Maguire of this movie. Yeah. Could have been a secret, but no, because they've got cold feet. They know that nobody likes their movies, so they had to announce Michael Keaton's in this movie. And yeah. Then he doesn't, he's not, like, it's great to see him be Batman again. There's a bit where he says, do you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And it's great. But it had, but con- in, t- in the context of the scene, it kind of doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. just cynical people, producers insisting that this is what people want. And it is not what people want. And the movie is not doing well. 
And but so you, when you spoke about it a few weeks, uh, episodes ago, you said that when they showed it at, was it Comic-Con? It was CinemaCon. CinemaCon. It, 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 everybody was really it excited killed. about the it. The CinemaCon audience loved it. Stephen King saw it in advance. Stephen King said, I don't like superhero movies, but I love this movie. What are you, oh. what? Tom Cruise saw it in advance and said, this is what cinema needs right now. I love it. What? Were they paid? <laughs> Tom Cruise. The, the weird thing is, this is a this is a Warner Brothers movie. Tom Cruise is Paramount. He is he is all in on Paramount. He's worked with Paramount yeah. for years. He makes movies for Paramount. He has no specific need to be loyal to Warner Brothers. Yet here we are. He's for some reason come out and insisted the Flash is a great movie. Stephen King as well. I I, I don't get it. It's not a good film. It's 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 rubbish. Mm. Um, it's so disappointing. James Gunn. James Gunn, who everyone loves, everyone, oh, James Gunn, you're the absolute best, I love you. James Gunn was out here saying, this movie's great. He's in charge of DC now, and we've learned now that that means he's going to start lying about whether he likes movies or not, because there's no way that James Gunn, who made Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and various other brilliant movies, looked at this film and liked it. Although maybe he did, because the cherry on top of the cake is they've now announced that Andy Muschietti, who directed this, is going to direct the next Batman movie as well. <gasps> What, the one with Robert Pattinson? No, because that's oh. that's now a spin-off movie. That's the other big crime, is that that actual good film, the Robert yeah. Pattinson movie, is now being described as an Elseworlds film. So it's not set within the continuity of all the DC movies. It's set off in its own world, basically. It doesn't okay. exist alongside the continuity of what James Gunn's going to be doing. So Matt Reeves is making the Batman part two. That is still happening. Okay. But it's not part of this. It's like if, if it was the MCU, it would be the Spider-Man animated movie. You know, it's mm. not part of that. There is going to be a movie called The Brave and the Bold, which stars a grown-up, uh, much older than Robert Pattinson, Bruce Wayne. That's not been cast yet. Maybe it's going to be George Clooney. What? Uh. Uh, almost certainly not. Um, <laughs> who is dealing with Damian Wayne, who's his son, who was raised, raised by ninjas, and that's never been done on screen before. So that, exactly. So that's the Batman movie we're going to be getting from Andy Muschietti. Oh. Andy Muschietti, who made It Chapter 1, which is a masterpiece, but then made It Chapter 2, which is terrible, and now mm. has made The Flash, which is terrible. He's made two bad movies in a row, and he's getting to make a Batman movie, which is a rare thing to be allowed to make a Batman movie, and it, it shouldn't be. And it's just... <sighs> Not good. No, I didn't like it. <laughs> And I, I really like wanted to like it. I wanted to yeah. finally be able to be like, I like DC movies. I wanted to be able to say that. And I, no. No. Mm. Not a, no. Not mm. a chance. That's a shame. Mm -hmm. So that's the end. So, Poker Face, Thelma and Louise, they're going to be my recommendations for this week. I'll repeat it at the end. Transformers yeah. Rise of the Beast, The Flash, Stay Well Clear. Rubbish. Load of mm. rubbish. Is it better or worse than Justice League? Better because it's got Michael Keaton in it. Okay. And it's got um Cara Zorel in it. Mm. But and it's not it's not four hours long. Yeah, well that that film I had to watch in three sessions. Yeah, it does, it does have Wonder Woman in it though. What? The Flash has got Wonder Woman in it. Gal Gadot's in it in the Flash, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for that long. Okay. Yeah, but she ties up Bruce Wayne with the lasso of truth. Yeah. 
and he starts Inter- uh, yeah interesting Jason Momoa's in it nice he's got Command 2 is coming out end of this year supposedly yeah and Blue Beetle I just don't understand why they can't be original with their stuff. You know, you don't have to create a universe like Marvel. You can be original and do something different. Everyone loves multiverses now. I understand, but they can't do it. They can't do it. No, they can have a big CGI globe. And when you zoom in on the CGI globe, it's um, Christopher Reeve staring out. And that's a multiverse. Oh, I just don't get it. Chris Reeves is dead, by the way. As is yeah, I know. George Reeves. You know, they're both dead, but let's just shove him in this. Adam West, he's dead, but he's yeah, shove him in this as well. Yeah, load of load of load of rubbish. What have you been doing this week? Um, I haven't been watching any superhero movies. Uh I uh I watched a couple of films. Um one by my favourite one of my favourite directors, Irokazu Koreeda. I watched his twenty twenty two film Broker. Oh yes, Broker. Yeah, his uh, second film outside of Japan, his first being The Truth, set in France with French actors mm-hmm. and um, Ethan Hawke. <laughs> and uh, this one set in Korea, uh, starring uh, Song, Kang, Song Kang-ho from Parasite. Mm. The yes. dad in Parasite, right? He's the dad in Parasite, yeah. And it's set in Busan. In the South South Korea. Oh. And... Uh, mm? Has it got zombies in it? Uh, God, I want to watch that film again. Trade to Busan. What a great film. Um, and this uh, woman uh, decides to um, give up her child uh, into a church box. So I, don't, I didn't realise in, in South Korea you have church boxes where you can put unwanted babies in them and they'll be kept in foster care until they're adopted or their parents come back Uh, but she doesn't drop the child she doesn't put the child in the box but she puts the child outside the church and uh, this child never makes it into the care of the church but Han Sang-yun played by Song Kang-ho and uh, Dong-soo played by Gang Dong-won uh, take it and uh, well they want to sell it mm. so this is their scheme to make money uh, so uh, sometimes instead of um, sometimes instead of putting the the child into care they sell the child right. and um, she finds out about this the mother who uh, put her child in front of the church and um, she joins them into a road trip uh, to find uh, customers to buy this child. And in the meantime... This is morally shaky ground that we're walking across here. I know. And in the meantime, uh, this kind of scheme uh, is, is being followed by uh, two uh, detectives, mm. female detectives. Mm. Um, and this is the story. Um, oh, it's such a complicated film because by the end, oh, you just love everyone and right. you're just, you're like, you just go, you know, so Koreeda always does this thing about, um, makeup families. So the group of the two men trying to sell the kid, 
the the girl that dro- the woman that abandoned a kid and then a- another kid from um from um orphanage that they go to kind of become this made up family mm-hmm. who love each other and get along and you kind of fall in love with these characters and you want them to be better and you want them not to be caught by the uh the detectives yeah and you want them to succeed and maybe not sell the child and but because all of these characters um especially the family the made-up family kind of like live on the margin of the society of like a korean society so they're all kind of crooks but they are crooks because they haven't had the the chances or the possibilities to be better people Mm. um they they don't they don't necessarily do the right thing and it's like it's such a terrible thing to sell children and it's such a harsh circumstance but you just you just don't know how to feel about it because you want them to do well ah oh, so um and it's a road and it's a road trip movie as well so they drive around and they do the things that people do in road trips and you 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 become very sympathetic with the characters and you realize that these characters are so lonely mm. and so lost yeah and it's just it's just amazing and it ends by not really knowing what's going to happen yeah 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 and it's wonderful and how koreda is going outside of Japan and being able to kind of grasp the society in that specific country and then create a film that is incredible because the truth was a really good film. And this one is such a Korean film and with Korean, well, with South Korean problems and issues Mm -hmm. that he just understands them and makes you, makes, makes you question and and forgive why certain people do certain things. And to be fair, they are selling kids to rich families to ad- for adoption. So all the families, like it's not that like selling kids inappropriately. Well, it's inappropriate to sell kids anyway. But they they sell kids to couples that uh, can't have kids and don't can't adopt maybe because it's quite difficult to adopt so yeah. it's and they vet the, the 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 parents so if you know it's kind of uh they call themselves the cupids the two men that sell the kids I'm sure that's kind what of they like, like to think yeah yeah um but oh it's just a wonderful and confusing film and um sad and I really, really liked it. I think Koreeda is just an incredible director, writer, author, isn't he? It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I definitely would recommend watching this film. Cool. Sounds yeah. uh, challenging. Wonderful. And um, and then I watched uh, the 2018 Ruben Ostlund film The Square. Oh, did you? Yeah, have you seen this film? No, I've got it on Blu-ray. I've been meaning to watch it for a long time. Well, I've been meaning to watch after trying I haven't watched Triangle of Sadness, but um I I've heard it was great and then 
I've heard this was great as well. Yeah. And so I found on Amazon Prime. And um, it's, uh, <laughs> I think you might enjoy his, his films because they're quite surreal and crazy and then some real insane stuff going on. And Elizabeth um, Moss is in this one, right? Yeah, Elizabeth Moss is in this one as um, uh, an American journalist. And she's unhinged. She's really weird in this film. And it's basically um, it's set in a museum in Stockholm. And uh, the art curator, Christian, is um, after like something happening, he <clears throat> finds himself. I'm not going to say what it is because the scene where the thing happens is incredible. And he finds himself um, kind of struggling. Um, in professionally and personally and he's having a bit of a kind of crisis and it kind of exposes him as not being the person that he wants to kind of portray mm -hmm. and whilst in the background uh this um art gallery is exposing different um, modern art pieces and there's this uh, art piece called the square which is an ins installation which um, wants people that sees it to be more altruistic and um, trying to be more responsible people and trying to so once you're in the square you're all the same and and so help other people um in the background there's more the pr agency of this museum creates a crazy video showing how out of touch some people are with current affairs and people and it's just it's it's a very strange film which i really enjoyed because i uh, sometimes with modern art i feel really i like some modern art but i feel that you need to they people tell you how to enjoy a piece of art while art is supposed to be enjoyed by you personally and um as a, as a as a viewer mm -hmm. and um this the film kind of like is a critique to the art world and the hypocrisy of society you know they're talking about being altruistic this piece of art but then there's people sleeping on the streets next to this piece of art and um how power attracts people and people abuse their power and it's just a really funny strange weird film it's got some funny performances but i really want to watch triangle triangle of sadness now because i think he's just i think as a director he just doesn't he just does what he wants and there are some bits that are totally like surreal mm. but then he makes them real and um yeah i think it's a fascinating film and cool. uh, uh yeah yeah the square and i find, find i managed to watch it on in the original language since everything everybody tries to dub this country um and then uh i watched two episodes of um the new sam levinson series the idol oh. so you don't have to we talked about the idol we watched the trailer together didn't we Yes. Cool. Yes. And the trailer felt boring, unoriginal, et cetera, et cetera. I watched it as well. What? You watched the first two episodes? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have a conversation about it. Do we have to? 
Uh, no, very simple conversation. No, I'm joking. We can have a conversation about it. I mean, like... It's rubbish, it's just like This is like the weekend's wet dream, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He wrote all of his own dialogue, for sure. Like, first of all, he's a... He's a he's a he's what a laughable he? actor. Because I've seen him described. Uh, is he a is he a nightclub owner? Is he an impresario? Is he a cult leader? Like no description of the show can decide what his character is, let alone the yeah. show itself. But yeah. I've seen him described yeah. as all of those things. Yeah. None of them is good actor. There is no way Jocelyn would have found that rat tail guy attractive in a nightclub with all the other people around. So it's <clears throat> it's also unrealistic. So Jocelyn is the the main character played by Lily Rose Depp, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. she's 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 a good actress. She, like she, she knows how she, to smoke a cigarette. She knows how to smoke a cigarette and she knows how to cry. And uh, she has had a breakdown and uh, because um, her mother passed away and it starts uh, with that. And um, she has a group of yes people around her who also bully her into doing things that she doesn't want to do. And everybody. (laughs) Sorry. Can we just acknowledge that that is not a, that's not a new concept for a, a piece of media about a pop star? There is nothing original about this series, is there? Uh, like, technically, that song about being a freaky little bitch is is original. In as okay, much as yeah, yeah. I'm a freak girl. Yeah, that song. I hate it now because you've heard episodes, it a hundred times. Like after two episodes, it's just like enough. And um, Black, and Black Pink, uh, the girl from Black Pink's in this as well. What's yeah, she, yeah. Is... Jenny from Black Pink is in this. Why? <sighs> Because she's an actual idol. Yeah, I don't why know. isn't she playing the idol? Exactly. Well, because they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow her to uh, wear the clothes that Lily Rose Depp wears. Oh, like, she's well, always well. naked. It's so exploitative, in my opinion. Like, yeah, she doesn't yeah, have to is, be naked all the time. And um, <sighs> it's just like, and then the scene in the second episode when The weekend. What's his co- what's his name? Roger Roger Troger Troger. Tres- what's his name? Tristan. Tres- whatever his name is, and he just does this like tells Lily Rose Depp what to do in the in bed. Tedros. And just since Pedros Pedros. Tedros. Just ah Tedros whatever, and it just seems like soft porn. And it's like, why do we need to watch that? Why is Lily Lily Rose Depp putting herself into this position? Ah, yeah, but like, uh, like the weekend said this week, it's meant to be bad. Oh, the se- oh my god! The sex scenes and are meant you- to be bad, so you know, you just you just don't get it. He, I used to like this guy, and I now feel so. I just think it's terrible. And, and like, um, there was an article on Rolling Stone about, you know, they changed directors and 80% of the, the series was already made. Mm-hmm. And then they fired or somebody left. Um, what's an, uh, the director left. Mm-hmm. And, and some Levinson um, took over. And some Levinson took over. And then um, The weekend, Abel Tesfaye, uh, tweeted... Uh, a video of him as Ped, Tedro, Ped, Tedros Tedros uh, telling uh, in, in, I don't know what episode, saying that Rolling Stone is irrelevant. And he tweeted, Rolling Stone, did we upset you? He says stuff like that all the time, though. He says, like, just empty nonsense. Like, in the first episode, and he's like, 
Oh, you think pop music's empty, do you? I think Prince would disagree. Oh, God. Are you seriously mansplaining pop music to a pop star? Yeah. And so it's just, it just seems, and everybody doesn't seem to be enjoying being there. Like nothing is, this is, everything is sordid and it just seems like a sordid male fantasy. Yeah. And there's good people and, like Rachel Sennott, who's in Shiva Baby and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And yeah. Stuff, plays her best friend, plays Justin's yeah. best friend. She's a great actress. Yeah. Why? <laughs> For for why I ask you, because and the project started a, I'm as something else. I'm going to show you a trailer else. for a movie that she's in. Like again, she looks she's good. Rachel Senna. Yeah, what she's is she amazing. Doing in the Idol. But but I think because the project started as something different, <sighs> and oh, it's just it's just I don't know. The second it's episode, the over half of the episode is that is them filming a music video for this song. Yeah, and it's just. There's no, it doesn't, there's nothing, it's not anything, it doesn't do anything. There's no, no, there's no plot point moved forward. You don't learn anything new about the character. No. Like it's, it, anything that you learn about Jocelyn or anyone else during that sequence, you've learned already in the first episode. It, it It's just half an hour of just watching them yeah. do this choreography over and over yeah. again for no reason. It's, it's empty, yeah. bland. Yeah disposable rubbish yeah. and the weekend thinks that he's made the sopranos yeah it's terrible it's bah but yeah will you watch a third episode i'm gonna keep going yeah yeah i think so too i, I want to see, see if what this is yeah i want to see if it gets any worse or any better but at this point it's just you know the i've just seen lily rose depp naked most of the time and uh, the weekend being an absolute plank. <sighs> and Hank Azaria, why is he making that accent? I don't know. They said, like, Hank Azaria, stop doing a poo now. It's not okay anymore. And he went, okay, I'll stop doing a poo. And, <laughs> and then they put him in this and it's just back to being, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No. Hank Azaria, I don't know. I don't know anyone in this. Why they're in this? Why they're doing the things they're doing? The only person who's given a performance that I think is any good is um, Jane Adams playing like a. I don't know who anyone is in this show. The the woman with grey hair who's like no, absolutely not. You're not doing that. And you you yeah. You're, she's that almost that could almost be when she's on screen and she's doing things and interacting with Lily Rose Depp and stuff. That could yeah. almost be from something that's a workable project. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But everything else happening around it is terrible. Yeah. People like Dan Levy, who I adore. Dan Levy's so yeah. good. Shit's Creek is a mate. Like, what are you what are you doing, Dan Levy? Eli yeah. Roth, famed horror author, maker of Hostel, Hostel mm. Part Two, all these movies, turns up as uh her Live Nation touring agent representative guy. Yeah. Why? Why are you in this, Eli Roth? What do you what are you doing? Why is anybody doing anything in this? I, I guess because Euphoria was such a big thing and Sam Levinson is, you know, loved by whatever HBO or whatever this this thing is made by. This and this this makes me like Euphoria less and it makes me less likely to watch the second season of Euphoria ever. Mm. Because 
I just think he's got this. He's just obsessed with young women being naked, and it's gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How mm. old is Sam Levinson? I'm going to find out how old Sam Levinson is, and if it's if he's older than nineteen years old, I'm going to. I think he's a a right wrong one. <laughs> he is definitely older than nineteen years old. Thirty eight. He's older yeah. than me. I mean, grow up. Yeah. Disturbed. Yeah. You were going to make me watch this for homework if I hadn't seen it. No. You were, you were like, oh, you could watch a couple of episodes of the TV show I've watched this week before we started recording. I didn't realise you yeah, meant this. Yeah. I'm going to carry I'm on sorry. watching it anyway. I'm going to carry because I think it's five episodes. I'm just going <clears> to, <throat> just to see how far this nonsense can go to. When does he become a cult leader? Is that true? Or did somebody make that up? There is one scene in the second episode of him, like, commanding women to do things. Yeah. Or that's maybe that's a behind-the-scenes clip of the director that they accidentally put in the episode. I don't know. But... <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, just strange. Bad, it's bad, strange. bad stuff. Also, like, I'm sorry, but in, in these... That house, Jocelyn's house, is always empty. So we always her and her assistant... That's. I don't think somebody of that caliber would ever be alone in her house without security and stuff. Without security, without um, like all the people, like well, she does have. She does have a security guy, like at the gate, right? Outside, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. You're probably right. Because usually people like that, like they always have people in the house. There's always there are always people in the house. Rarely a pop star will be a a, a home alone. And she's always home alone. And she's always, like, masturbating and and suffocating herself. So that she sounds like she can sing and do other things. Um, and then uh, I spoke about it. Uh, let's move on. Better, Much better series and the last season of it. Never have I ever season four. The oh, 8th of yeah. June, it came out. I watched it. I finished it. I cried. I loved it. Oh, the second so, episode. Sorry, I, I know you can talk about Never Have I Ever. Yeah. But, but while it's in my head, the second episode of Poker Face features a very good performance uh, from, I think, Megan Surrey, who plays Anissa in Never Have I Ever. Okay. I, I really like, oh. she was very good in Poker Face, and I was like, what's this person from? Because she's really good. Ah, and she's, yes, Anissa. She's in Never yes. Have I Ever. She plays like yes. a, go- a goth girl who works in a petrol station. She's nice. She's cool. Ah, uh, that's why probably she wasn't very, because um in in the fourth season of Never Have I Ever, some characters like come and go very often, like well, and so maybe because they started like doing other projects. Possibly. Although and... I think she probably was only on set for Poker Face for a few days, but she's, she's yeah she's she's good enough in it that I was I looked her up and saw that that's the main thing she's from. So yeah, awesome. what's season four of Never Have I Ever like? Good, great. Uh, I cried uh, the last three episodes. I think I cried every episode. Wow. Um, and it's fun and um, it's lovely because you see all the characters often uh, coming back and uh, there are lots of things happening. And the gra- and um, Devi, the main character, graduates with her friends and uh, um, it's uh, it's really great. Mm-hmm. So I love Never Have I Ever and I'm sad. But, you know... There might be more. You never know. I feel. I feel there. There should be more. Like I feel like they could go on because she, 
she goes into a college. We don't know which college. It might be the college of her dreams or not. But, um, you know, it'd be nice if they followed her to college. Yeah, cool. It sounds yeah. like a good, um, it, it sounds like something that you've really enjoyed. And I'm glad. Yeah, it, it I really enjoyed well. it. And that spiraled to kind of like, oh, I've been watching way too many teen series. Oh, you watched the, have you watched the Outer Banks yet? No. Oh, okay. But I watched Exo Kitty. I don't know. What. Oh my god! Don't don't watch it. You'll be ashamed of me. Go and watch. Go and watch. And then do the do be the canary in the coal mine for the Outer Banks because that show looks like a mad teen thing. Okay, like. okay, I'll watch it. Um, and then I listened to a couple of albums. One that you sent me a text. Uh, the you sent me a text. Bit of night, and it came out in uh, midnight. New Sigur Ross album, Atta. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you listened to it? Yeah, could uh. About one and a half listens through I've had of it. After 10 years, nothing much has changed. I enjoyed it. Is it a, is it new stuff that has blown my mind? No. Is it good? I liked it. What did you think of it? Uh, it's good. It mm. doesn't have much percussion in it, probably because their drummer left under a cloud yeah. of uh, Me Too allegations. So they're yeah. now, they were a two-piece for a little while and now they've gone back to being a three-piece, but instead of bringing on a new drummer, their multi, multi-instrumentalist keyboard player uh, who left in 2012 has now returned to the band. So they're kind of a three-piece band, but without a percussion section. Yeah. So it's the much more ethereal orchestral yeah. side of Sigur Ross. And it yeah. is pretty great. I put it on the other night while I was kind of just lying in bed, uh, pretty tired, and listened through it. And it's a beautiful forty minutes of of, of pretty gorgeous yeah. music. So yeah, I I I like it. I'm going to give it more listens, and I'm sure it'll grow on me much much more. But like like any Sigaros project, it doesn't hit you immediately really with, with no. any memorable. The whole thing is a piece of music that is yeah. beautiful. So yeah, I like it. I'm going to listen to more of it. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm really glad that they're back and that they've done something together again. Definitely, and it, it sounds like they've had a pretty tough decade. So, well done. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, they'll come back with some more, more stuff. There's a bit more innovative, mm. and then um, the other album I listened to a lot is the new Janelle Monet album, "The Age of Pleasure." Ah, uh, yeah. Have you listened to that? Uh, no, I've listened to a couple of the singles and if I'm being honest, I didn't particularly care for them. So I haven't really listened to it. Um, I, uh, did you listen to Float or? I listened to Float once and it yeah. floated over my head. And yeah. And I listened to Lipstick Lover a few times, which has got a yeah. very raunchy music video. Oh my goodness gracious <laughs> oh, me. Yeah, Lord, that's Jim. like Sam Levinson kind Janelle, of raunchy. what are you doing? Um. <laughs> Janelle. Uh. But like both of those songs, especially Lipstick Lover, Lipstick Lover's like what, like two minutes long or something? Like they're very sort yeah. of... Uh, they're very, it's a very short album. Yeah, it's like half an hour long. So what's the project like as a whole? I liked it. Yeah. I listened to it a lot because I really wanted to like it and I, I like it. It's, it's very different from her work before, so I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And I think as an album, it works very well together. I, I like Float. I really like that song, and uh, I think you know she's uh, she's has evolved to done to have done something a little bit different, a bit more like with like lots of Afro beats and um, it's I I I like it. 
I don't know if you're going to like it very much, but um, it just it does flow nicely around throughout the album. And uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will. I will at some point. But there's been a lot of music recently that I've like the new Queens of Stone Age album that I've been listening to a little bit and stuff like mm. that. So I'll get there. Yeah. And that's it for me nice. this week. That's quite a lot of stuff you've, you've been yeah. working away at. Well done. Um, okay, shall we move into our next section discussing some of the homework that we... Yes. Call? Sit down at the back and be quiet and get out your book because it's time to discuss your homework now. So... I watched the first episode of a show on um, Netflix called Sanctuary, mm-hmm. which is um, like you were saying, hard to look up online because if you forget what if you forget and just type Sanctuary, expecting it to come up, you're going to get that um, Margaret Qualley movie. But yeah. it's not that. It's a Japanese drama about a sumo stable uh, and the young rebellious Yankee teenager who joins up uh, in the hopes of making some money because his home life is. Bad. Right? Bad. bad. His, Very bad. His family is... Uh, his dad and mum used to run a sushi shop. Mm. And because of his dad, it went under. Mm-hmm. And in a s- slightly... Uh, I don't know. I, I won't criticise it. But it, 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 in, in a very extreme uh, reaction to that, his dad is now a sort of old, um, incompetent, shaky man. Yeah. And his mum has become um, a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but as well as that, his mum seems to have lost all humanity. Yeah, uh, totally. Based on the first episode where uh, yeah. her son discovers her in, um, in flagrante yeah. uh, with another man and uh, he physically abuses her. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, yeah, isn't it? How and he she just... doesn't care, and she's they're all yeah. It's very intense. So he's got a his his home life is tough, yeah. Uh, and he doesn't really seem to have the skills or tools to deal with fraught and difficult situations. He se- seems to he tends to blow up and blah, blah, blah. so he's off during the days at these sumo stables. Hope sumo sumo stables, hoping that he can make the millions of yen that his dad owes in, in loans and debt and stuff so that his mum doesn't yeah. have to, uh, you know, do what she does anymore and all of these things. Uh, it's pretty well made. It's pretty, it's like, uh, it's 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 an, it's a young adult show, I reckon, right? Like, it's mm. very, it moves pretty quickly. Yeah. It's got a lot of energy to it. Uh, when you're watching the sumo wrestlers go at it, um, it it's impactful. It's well, mm. that stuff's well filmed. Um, it's got a, Tone and a sense of humour that borders on infantile. Yeah. Uh, that definitely. I didn't completely gel with. There's a scene in the first episode where uh one of the one of the more experienced sumo wrestlers um does a poo, a big poo, and yeah. he makes he tries to make the main character uh flush it away. Mm-hmm. Um uh, who the main character no he so he gets this the, there's this there's this boy at the sumo stable who's trained to be a sumo wrestler but he's incredibly skinny uh, <laughs> and there's a scene in the first episode where they're all eating breakfast and all the sumo wrestlers are like um, and then this lad is <laughs> yeah. just like really daintily eating the rice and it's like you're gonna you know you gotta 
you got to get some energy get behind you if you're going to be successful in this game, mate. So the sumo wrestler makes that skinny guy wipe his bottom for him, which is gross. Yeah. And then he tries to make the main character, whose name I don't remember, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll try to... En- what, Enno? En- when, when he becomes a sumo wrestler, he becomes Enno. Enno. He tries to make him mm. um, break it up with chopsticks so it will flush because yeah. it's uh, too big. Uh, and he refuses, so the skinny guy just does, yeah. does it again. Um yeah, so it's it, it, it. I enjoyed the first episode. Oh, it's also got um. There's a there's a female reporter who wants to break break open the sordid bullying she thinks is going on in the yeah. sumo world, and she tries to get uh Enno on her side, and he just basically makes some really misogynistic, <laughs> awful comments to her yeah. and leaves. Uh, and she's and there's a bit where she's like quite abrasive with someone, and somebody else is like, she grew up in America, so. Yeah, she doesn't get that women should be, you know, just put up with being yeah. treated like crap. Um, yeah, it was fun and entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't. There's a lot of fun and entertaining things at the moment. I'm not sure that I'm going to carry on with it imminently, but I I liked what I watched of it. I can see why you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, the first two episodes are quite difficult to watch because there's a lot of this kind of like childish, yeah, kind of crazy, unhinged. Kind of, when he grabs his mother by his, the hair, it's just kind of like the relationship are really crazy. And then um, then it becomes better. Like you can see like the evolution of the character. Mm. And so, yeah, the first two episodes are quite hard to watch maybe just because I, I wasn't sure the first two episodes because I was just a little bit too much. It's just a lot of like a, like a caricature kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that serves the purpose to the kind of development of the characters. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um if you if, if anyone's listening that like enjoys sports dramas or Japanese TV or anything like that, like uh or young adult dramas, definitely give it a try. It's it's good. Um and I might carry on with it at some point. Mm. Yeah. So thank you for recommending it. Good. It's very loud. Very loud. Very loud show. Yes. Yes. Um what did you watch? I had to watch uh Spider-Man rewatch Spider-Man 2 because I wasn't sure why I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh Spider-Man 2, the one with Tobey Maguire, Kristen Dunst, Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus, uh James Franco, um and uh JK Simmons. Yes. Oh, I really hate him here. And Bill Nunn, of course, love him. Oh yeah. yeah. Um and you know Peter Parker is not a happy guy. Nobody seems happy in this film. I think that's... And uh, he's been fighting crime for two years and everything is falling apart. And uh, he's having problems with uh, uh, Mary Jane. Mary Jane, MJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because uh, he keeps not... Sh- he ke- uh, she's, becoming an act- she's become an actress and he keeps not showing up. And she's not happy, and because she's not happy, she gets engaged with somebody else. Um, that's that's you know that's what you do. <laughs> you know, I'm not happy with you. I'm getting engaged with somebody else automatically. And uh, he lives in a tiny in a in a terrible little flat. He's uh, can't keep up with his uh, work, his uh, university work. He can't keep up with anything, and so um, he. And also the guy, J.K. Simmons from the Daily Bugle, keeps saying that he, Bugle, Bugle, Bugle. keeps saying Bugle, 
he's a criminal, so nobody likes him. Yeah. Um, but he has an opportunity uh, to uh, meet uh, Dr. Otto Octavius uh, through his friend um, Harry Osborne, played by James Franco. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy, Harry, uh, Dr. Octavius, doesn't, doesn't listen to uh, Peter Parker when he says that maybe his fusion is not going to work. And then the fusion happens and it doesn't work. And uh, he, uh, Dr. Octavius gets fused with his like octopus tentacles and he becomes uh, Dr. Octopus. And... Uh, uh, and then uh, everybody does everybody uh, everybody gets becomes happier with Spider-Man ah yeah because when he does the fusion then um, Spider comes out saves the day and everybody's like oh we love Spider-Man um, and then <laughs> yeah they have a big uh, Spider-Man parade right with Macy Gray yeah and yeah and then he defeats all Dr. Octavius M- MJ finds out um, that uh, Spider-Man is uh Toby Maguire is Peter Parker. She doesn't show up to his her her wedding. <laughs> Just cancel the wedding. Uh she doesn't show up to her own wedding. Yeah, doesn't show up to her own wedding. There's like thousands of like guests are there. And instead she goes to um uh Peter Parker's shitty apartment saying that she loves him and she'll be always be there for him. Because she's found out he's a super powered Superman guy. Yeah. Yes. Um I so I didn't like it when I watched it. I think I like it even less now. Really? Yeah, Why? I just everybody everybody's shit in this film. Everybody is not nice. There is not a nice character in Spider-Man 2. Oh, amazing. Uh, may, maybe maybe Aunt May. She's she's okay, but she's still like I hate Spider-Man. Nobody's nice in this film. It's just too much for me. I don't like anyone. I I just don't uh, just like Peter Parker is in a slump and he lives in this shitty apartment. I just everything is bad. And I know I like bad like films where everything is bad, but here's everything is just bad and everybody's hateful and nobody likes each other. And I don't like it. The city likes Spider-Man. After like after like he has to save people from you know, uh, from Octo Octo Doctor Octopus. Yeah, he's a yeah. They love him. It just shows the like the the you know. And why why would one why does Spider Man want to save people after everybody hates him for no reason? Then he goes well, back to saving because people. Because great power comes great responsibility. He but he, he could just leave the power, get MJ, become a become like a scientist, and leave everything alone because everybody hates him anyway. But he can't because he let Uncle Ben die, and he can't let anyone else. His character. Oh yeah, then he let Uncle Ben die, and then and then his aunt is not happy about it. It's like it's not his fault. Uncle Ben died. Yeah, but nobody. He he can't tell anyone. That's the it's it's, a, it's good character work. I think. I just, but I just don't know why somebody that is hated by an entire city and uh caused what caused you know was one of the causes of uncle uncle's death, and you know he's losing his girlfriend that he loves. I don't understand why he won't just want to save anyone. Because he's compelled I would just, like, to. He doesn't do it because he wants to be liked. He does it because he he has to. It's his character. He doesn't have to because these people are assholes. Why save them? They're not. They're 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 they're, they're ordinary. Just, they people. read the newspaper because they read the newspaper written by this maniac. Uh, 
J. Jonah Jameson, and they believe him. Some of them do, not all of them. And then the bit where he saves them all on the train and his mask comes off and they choose not to not to reveal his identity. Does that not touch you? It's beautiful, that moment. No. Wow. I'm shocked. No. Widely regarded as the best superhero movie ever made, Spider-Man. <laughs> by who? By you? No, by everyone. Look it up. It's widely regarded. Well, you won't like my, my top five next week. <laughs> Why? What are we doing next week? Uh, top five um, uh, Batman. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just find I found everybody very hateful and very unnecessary hateful, and just there is no reason why he would want to save a city that hates him. In my opinion, from my perspective, if everybody was so shit to me, I would go like, go and fuck yourselves. Wow. I'm not helping you. I'm getting with my girlfriend. I'm going to work in a lab and you can all go away. No one else can. He's the only one that has the power to help. What were you talking about? There is Batman in the city. No. What are you no, talking Spider-Man. about? No, sorry, sorry. There is, you know, there's other superheroes. Not in this world. Fine. I didn't like it. No, it's fine. I not like it, but I'm just surprised. And James Franco, he's a bad actor, isn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the less said about James Franco nowadays, the better. But yeah. 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 Okay. Alpha Molina's but, a good yeah. actor. Yeah, I guess. In this film, he's, I, don't, I just didn't like anyone in this film. I felt like everybody, and I, I know why I didn't like it at the time, because I was just like, I don't get it. Wow. I, I don't like this, like a superhero is a superhero. If you want to, you know, don't, you don't you're you're just giving up on everything to be a superhero and and you're not happy about it so don't give up anything but then when people die he'll feel responsible what is he that he could have done something it's therefore because they didn't want a superhero they didn't believe in him and they hate him i guess i guess but that's the that's the fundamental sort of character of spider-man He's constantly been, you know, he's constantly putting it with J. Jonah Jameson being like, Spider-Man's a villain and blah, blah, blah. he's a, as a total menace. And he's still, because of what happened with Uncle Ben and everything else, he just still goes out there and, and makes a sacrifice and tries to help. What a good guy he is. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, so my tube then. Oh, wait, I've got a top three. I put a uh, Instagram uh, question out. Okay. Um, and the guys from Film versus Film podcast. podcast sent their top three, which uh, top three Spider-Man movies, and I agree. And number three, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. And number one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Wow. Good choices. Yeah, very good choices. All yes, good films. thank you guys from Film versus Film Podcast. Yes, thank you. Go and listen to that podcast. Very good podcast. Yeah, yeah. very good podcast. Um, would you like some uh, My Tube now? Yes.
Uh, you can start with a music video. Uh, do you have any? In? No, you already seen the Janelle Monae music video, and also be quite awkward to watch it together. Yeah, um, it's pretty raunchy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. So this is a video that my brother sent me, and yeah. he said, "I think you'll like this music video because it's a bit weird." Uh, and he was right. And if it's weird, I like it. I've watched it like five times now. So of course. Oh, why did I do that? No, ignore that link. I don't know. Just share my screen with you, obviously, like we always do. Yes, please, George. Uh, there we screen. go. So, George has shared his screen and with Aldous Harding. Aldous Harding, singer songwriter from New Zealand with okay. her song The Barrel. The Barrel. The Barrel. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready for The Barrel. Good. Very long song, nearly five minutes. Yeah, but it's worth it. Is it? Mm. So we are in sheets, probably a pillow fort, a sheet fort. Okay, there's the singer with a dress like a, I don't know what. Like a Puritan or something. A Puritan. Like a Puritan. And with this massive hat. Her face is... Insane. She's <laughs> <laughs> got some dance moves as well. Yeah, those are my kind of dance moves. Just arms and fingers. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of a hat? The hat is insane. <laughs> Her face is really freaking me out. And, <laughs> and now it's a full body thing and I don't know what she's doing. Okay. <laughs> Those dance moves are insane. Okay. And those shoes are pretty crazy. Oh my god. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> it's just too freaky. It's just a woman dancing. What do you think of the song? It doesn't match the video. <laughs> just the, the... Like the... If I had listened to the song before, I would have not imagined this music video. I I love I love the dance moves. Ta oh, she's doing an Italian Italian uh, dance move. Oh really? <laughs> with, with the wrist. Tiny maracas. Yeah, I do the tiny maracas. Yeah, it it does feel like she's like just playing tiny instruments in her hands. <laughs> so you yeah, have watched this film this video five times. It's just compelling. <laughs> and you know, there is a, there's a twist. Ah, uh, is there a twist? a twist? You know. Oh, is this a womb? Is she gonna be born? I think that there's a whole. I was looking the song up, and apparently there's a whole. If you look at the lyrics, the lyrics are incomprehensible. But there's a, there's a lot of reference to eggs and other things, and people think that it might be the song might be about um, the loss of a child, the loss of a baby, or something like that. It's um, so maybe it is meant to represent a sort of a womb. Um, look at her. What's going on? So <laughs> she's just smiling. Um, so, so the words. What are the lyrics about? I can't really hear anything. I said I heard. Look at all the peaches. Yeah, look at all the peaches. Let me get some of the lyrics up here. It's already dead. Uh, 
show the. Oh my god! Now her face is being covered by this. Uh, uh, show the ferret to the egg. Um. Okay, we're leaving the the wound womb-looking place, and there's some um, stairs. I think no, we're back in the womb. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> oh, what, what's happened? The woman, oh, oh, the woman is now a blue thing that can't watch. It's horrible. Oh, oh, it's a, she's got a mask on. It's like blue and terrible. It's it's horrible. So. It says on Genius.com, Regardless of Harding's refusal to define the song's meaning, many people have theorised the topic about is about childbirth or possibly miscarriage, given the multiple references to symbols of fertility and babies like doves, eggs, a date being set, death, and direct mentions of a child. It's so weird, because if that's what it is, it does look like a tampon. Oh, it does look... Oh, my God. Oh... Oh, the ending is sad. Oh, not yet. Wait for it. Oh, it's not the ending. She's smiling. <laughs> okay, now she's dancing with some maracas in her knickers. Um, interesting. Mm. Interesting. There was a moment where she looked really sad. Um, uh, yeah, so Aldous Harding. Aldous Harding. Interesting song. Right? Interesting video. Interesting yeah. song, interesting video. I mm. like it. I want to listen to more Aldous Harding. Um, yeah. Based on that song. Defo. Mm. Art. Real art, I think. Real art. Real art. Um, a bit like the next thing I want to show you. <laughs> Poor Things trailer. Oh, I saw... I haven't watched the trailer, but I saw the the little a thumbnail this morning on YouTube. Did you? Yeah, so Poor Things trailer. So this is the so this is trailer for the new film from Yorgos Lanthimos, who is the director of films like The Favourite, um, okay. uh, The Lobster, Dogtooth. Mm-hmm. This reunites him with uh, the star of The Favourite, Emma Stone. Um, okay. And... I won't say anything else. See what you think. This is Bella. Okay, so it's in black and white. Bella. Oh. This is Mr. Okay. So that's Emma Stone. And who's the guy it's that she's with? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe with prosthetics. Yeah, his face looks interesting. And Emma Stone seemed to be a interesting girl. But she's progressing at an accelerated pace. Okay. So we're seeing scenes in black and white, scenes in colour. Yes. Uh, Emma Stone seemingly is maybe a sort of a Frankenstein monster, possibly. Maybe. But then the doctor is more like a Frankenstein monster because he's got this weird prosthetics. Well, yes, but he, yes, but she, he maybe made her, it seems like. He made Emma Stone. Yeah. There's all these animals that are like a duck and a dog mashed together. Oh, Mark Ruffalo's in Mark it. Mark Ruffalo's there. Wow. It, it, it looks... Uh, okay. It looks insane. 
Oh, I've never watched any of his films. I should. They're really. good films. The yeah? Lobster. Uh, you start with the Lobster. The Lobster is a really cool movie. Um, and the favourite's good as well. But the uh, the Lobster is the Lobster's something else. You should watch the Lobster. Mm. Um, what do you think of that? Are you gonna watch that? Yeah, it looks cool. It looks like a Smashing Pumpkins video. It does look like a Smashing Pumpkins video. Yeah. What What was the video? Was it tonight? Yeah, maybe it is tonight. Was that a video from tonight? tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the exact look to it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would like to watch it. I think I'm going to watch The Favourite first and The Lobster. Good. Oh, so another trailer. Yeah, last trailer I'm going to show you today. This is one I think that you will want to see. Uh, I think you'll is like it, this Is it set in a school? Set in a school. It's about two... Are there teenagers? Yeah, two teenagers. Yeah, uh, so. Two actresses that you <laughs> like. Um, yeah? Yeah, you're going to be into this, I think. Let's see. You ready? Okay, so a uh, trailer for uh, Bottoms, official red band trailer. So it's going to be like teenagers being a unhinged. A little bit raunchy, potentially. Raunchy Let's teenagers. See. You ready? Okay, yeah. Oh my God, it's... Um, uh, okay, you don't have to tell me the names. Well, it's, we were talking about her, she's in, uh, uh, hang on, we've got Ayo Edebiri from The Bear, yes, and from Rachel the Bear. Senna from The Idol, and She the Baby, and other things. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Oh no, they, they, they run over a jock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wonder if it's like set not now but in the past. Oh, I love her. She's so good. Yeah, she's great. She's so bad in the idol. Like, I. You can be our club advisor. You know, my mom did say I need to pick up a hobby. Ah. Okay, so they started a fight club. They've started a fight club for some reason. Yes. To to try and get te uh, cheerleaders to like them. Yes. Oh my god. To have a safe space like this, it means a lot to people. I'm gonna finally reverse stalk my stalker. Yeah. <laughs> Hilariously weird. We like weird stuff. Absolutely. Especially the hot ones. Man made it feels like pitch perfect but with fight club yeah yeah <laughs> pitch perfect pitch perfect fight club and a little bit of uh what was that film that made you watch with the roller skates whip uh whip not whip whip it whip, whip it, whip it. Great. What do you think of that? Ah, oh, I want to watch yeah, it. hundred percent. Yeah. I won't show you that horror trailer that came on after. <laughs> Turn it off now. No. Um, no thank you. Yeah, ma'am. Uh, I think bottoms looks really fun. I think poor things looks. I, that might be awful or good. I don't know. But uh, bottoms looks like it'd be a fun, good time. Yes. Uh, go and listen to The Barrel by Aldous Harding, people, if you haven't gone and watched the video. Yeah. Show the ferret to the egg. What's your big recommendation? I uh, know my big recommendations this week are yes. Thelma and Louise and Poker Face. Both very good things. Go and watch them if you haven't seen them. What are your recommendations? 
uh, recommendations, uh, Broker and uh, Never Have I Ever, season four. Never have I Ever, again, maybe the Watch third it. time it's been re- your recommendation. Watch possibly. it, it's so good. Good. You never watched no. it? Um, I will, one day. So, um, here we are at the end of the episode. It's been an absolute pleasure and a delight uh, to spend time with you again. Uh, thank you for yeah. listening. Go rate and review us. Go and tell your friends about us. Get people listening. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, speak to us let us know what you're doing and uh, join us next week for our 109th episode which will be our top five batman movies yeah yeah boy so yeah that'll be good i can't wait to talk about that uh the flash will not be in my list despite it kind of being a batman movie yeah i was looking at lists uh for the top five and the flash is in it it's like why it's not a batman movie it is a it is kind of a batman movie but it's not a good one um Okay. And, and and there's only one flash. You can't do a top five flash movies because there's only one. Yeah. And maybe if we're lucky, there'll never be another one. Ezra Miller was at the premiere. It's the first time that they've been in public for a very long time. Um, yeah, and they should not be in public. No, they should not. Uh, but uh, you know, whatever. It's Warner Brothers are making weird choices about how to deal with that uh person. So, mm-hmm. um. Thank you for that. It's been a pleasure. I'll touch you again in the future. Goodbye. Love you. Bye, 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 bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. bye. Oh, no, stop. Oh. Homework. Oh. <laughs> did you did you stop recording? No. Good. So you need to uh, watch. No, do we set homework? No, we set homework next episode, don't we? Yeah. So yeah. stop. Shut up. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Thank you. Bye. bye, bye.